Hey everybody, welcome back to the Coughing Combos podcast, where unfiltered conversations and connections are brewed. I'm your host, Alyssa Mopia, and I'm so, so excited for today's episode. It's a very, very special one featuring one of my best friends and one of my favorite people in the world, Samantha Louise Merritt. She is an abstract artist behind Samantha Louise Designs, and she's also a mental health advocate. So expect a lot of random laughs and some puppy talking (laughs) and a lot of deep dives into several uncomfortable topics that really equip us with tools and resources to just be better people. We chat about her experience being diagnosed with bipolar two years ago and how this really transcended into the importance of educating others about mental health, empathy, and understanding when having these difficult and uncomfortable conversations. We also chat about how to best show up for yourself, especially during these uncertain times and her upcoming collection called Covered Up in collaboration with sexual assault survivors and the importance of voting with our dollars and creating spaces that support inclusivity and marginalized communities. So obviously there's a lot to unpack in this episode. So please, please grab your coffee or your favorite way to stay fueled for the day and let's get this conversation started. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Okay. Greetings, Earthling. You sound great. <laughs> All right, girl. All right. <laughs> All right. <laughs> here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for being here, Sam. I'm so excited to have a coffee and combos with you yet again. Yeah. Woo! It's been a while since we've done this. Two years. Two years. <sighs> and like a very wild two years. And Mm -hmm. I think you and I were talking about this recently, like listening back to that episode, it's just bizarre to think about how much growth has happened and Mm -hmm. how much you and I have both been through like on an individual level level and how much you and I have been through together since then. And so, um, yeah, it feels really cool to be doing this again after, after a little while. I'm so excited. (laughs) She was on episode four when we first launched our podcast two years ago. Yeah. And it was such a great conversation because it was also reflective of what you were going through. Oh, yeah. After having a breakdown. Yep. The big break, like you called it. Big old breakdown. (laughs) And, Yeah, my, like, big wake up. (laughs) To see your growth since then, I just have to say... I am so honored to call you a friend and your best friend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm so grateful for you, and I'm really excited for us to really dive into the topics of, you know, what is bipolar, Mm -hmm. the importance of mental health, especially Mm -hmm. during this weird climate we're living in, and about your art Mm -hmm. and how it just speaks volumes in so many ways. So I'm really excited to dive in. Me too. Me too. I'm super excited. And yeah. And it's just, again, like so cool to just kind of see all the things that we've both been through over the past couple of years. And then, you know, like just have a new conversation about all this stuff, yeah. which is super fun. Yeah. Where, where do we start? Where do we so start <laughs> let's start because as I know you, you are an abstract painter. Right. You 
were diagnosed with bipolar two years ago. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so much has changed. You lived in Atlanta for a little bit of time. Yeah, I had to give myself a lifetime out. Diego. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I would just love to start with, let's, how about we start with your big break? Okay. Yeah, let's do it. Um, yeah, so two years ago in April of 2018, I had a huge life wake up and um, mental breakdown. Um, but it was kind of like, a spiritual awakening slash mental breakdown. And that's actually really common. And that's something that I learned going through it is that actually these things that are called bipolar awakenings are actually really common and happen to a lot of people. Um, and it's kind of like, obviously with mental health, everybody's experience is so different. Um, and so it manifests itself in a lot of different ways in different people. Um, but the general consensus of like, um, or the general theme of, there having been a lot of shit happen in your life that you haven't really dealt with. And then kind of reaching a breaking point where you kind of have these, um, overwhelming realizations about life and the world around you and spirituality and your connection to like, um, I don't know, things that are outside of you and, um, in conjunction with completely losing your shit. (laughs) So it's like, (laughs) it's like this very bizarre experience. And I honestly feel like mine was just like a slow burn post like 2016 election. Like I feel like so many women and other people can identify with that. Like that was just a really hard thing to process. And like, um, you know, especially as a sexual assault survivor, like having a president in our office that is a sexual predator and has bragged about grabbing women by the pussy and then still gets elected. Like that's just, I mean, I think for so many people, like you can identify with the amount of rage that that will instill inside of you. And, um, yeah, and it can just break your heart. So I think that for me, I, had been through a lot of different traumas in my life. I had experienced a lot of different things and I just kind of, um, I don't know. I was really concerned with the way that I uh, presented myself like in the public way, you know? And so I always just felt like I was kind of stifling these things I was going through, trying to put on whatever mask I felt like I needed to and just kind of act like I was super okay and like Mm -hmm. totally fine. And I wasn't. And, and I think that goes along with like shame, you know, like we, um, a lot of very real stuff that we all go through is like considered taboo or like we shouldn't talk about it. And that's just kind of bullshit because Mm -hmm. it doesn't, serve any of us not to. So I think that, yeah, for me, like my big breakdown in spiritual awakening was like a very long time coming. And I think that it was inevitable, but I think it was like very heightened by by our current um, political climate and just the things that are happening, you know, the, the rise of the me too movement, um, you know, that all was just, it was a lot, you know, and it still is. I mean, it's a very, um, yeah, it's a, it's a scary, weird world that we're living in right now. And so, um, yeah, I think that also I had um, I had started to do some kind of like deep dive into um, like my past and I had started doing some different kinds of therapies. And so I think that that helped me unlock of unlock a lot of the like deep, dark hurt and the deep, dark, scary that was within me. And I don't think that it was like, you know, like I don't blame any of the like shadow work or like introspection for my breakdown. But I think that it was just kind of like this peeling back of all these layers until I was like, holy shit, who am I? What am I doing? And, um, yeah. And then I just kind of lost, lost my shit, you know? Mm, (laughs) And and like, sometimes you got to do that and it's okay. And like having a mental breakdown, it's super, super common. Like this happens to a lot of people where you just get to this place. And, um, when you're experiencing like manic episodes and psychosis and, you know, those other things, like you, 
are completely detached from your reality. And it's terrifying to people around you because you don't look the same. You're not acting the same, you know, like things you're saying aren't making sense. But the whole time while I was going through it, like I, I still knew what was happening. You know, I was still there and I was still aware, but there was like this disconnect, you know, like it was like I was feeling these certain things and I was trying to express what I was feeling to people but the way it was coming out was really fucking weird <laughs> and mm -hmm. it didn't make any sense. And it scared a lot of people, you know, and, and, and too, like with mental health, like there's just not enough education around all of those things. So a lot of people just are not well equipped to handle a crisis or a breakdown or someone going through really difficult stuff like that, you know? So for me, when it was happening to me, I was just scaring my family. I was scaring all my friends. I was really, you know, just saying and doing a lot of things. There was a lot of paranoia that was happening. Um, it was just, um, yeah, really like terrifying. And, and when you have people around you who don't know how to deal with it, their reactions and their responses and even them trying to help can oftentimes make it a lot worse, which, it, you know, is hard to go through because you're, you're going through something on your own and then you have people around you that are, you know, your friends and your family and your support system and people that are supposed to love you. But unfortunately with mental health, like people treat you differently and that's very mm. real. Like that right. is very real. It doesn't matter how much that person loves you. Like and that, I mean, that's a, it's, it's a complicated thing because everybody again has different experiences with mental health. So they might've had something in their past that really scarred them from, you know, and, and specifically for me, like I have friends who have had experiences with their family members having bipolar disorder and they had to straight up tell me like, I can't really be around you right now because I'm feeling so triggered and it's not you and I love you, but like, this just brings up a lot of stuff for me. And so I totally understand that and I get it, but it's still at the end of the day can be a very isolating place to be when you're going through something difficult and people, you know, and love literally look at you differently and they treat you differently. Like that can really, um, break your heart, you know? Mm. But then on the flip side of that, I will say that I had like an overwhelming amount of, um, people that just kind of stepped up to the plate and like rallied behind me, you know, when shit hit the fan, like you, I mean, you and I, and I told this, I think, I, I don't know how extensive I told it in the last episode that we did, but like you, you and I had met, like it was two months before that, you know, we had been acquaintances, you know, we had known each other through friends and we knew who each other were, but like, we didn't actually know each other. And in the middle of my manic episode, I had made this Facebook group, which is now a beautiful place <laughs> that I love, <laughs> but, um, it's, it's a Facebook group just for women and it's just about like vulnerability and supporting each other. But in, in that moment during my manic episode and breakdown, I had made this Facebook group. I was trying to rally all these people together, you know, but I was freaking out and I had just found out some really, um, traumatic information that really just kind of shook me to my core. And I basically put this call out in this Facebook group, which Alyssa was a part of, and was just like, I need help. I'm not sure what that looks like. Help, 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 you know, and basically her and, um, our friend Mel like showed up and they were like, okay, girl, like, what do you need? And like, it was, I mean, and I mean, you only had known me for a second, you know, and the fact that I was just like in distress and, um, you know, I <laughs> recently when we were talking about it, you were like, yeah, I made my friend come with me. Cause I was like, I'm not sure what's going on. <laughs> and she like literally sat in the car and was like, what the fuck did you just, did you just leave me like a child? Like I felt really bad, but I was also like, I have this friend who needs my help. Yeah. And it's just like, you know, sure. I was hanging out with my friend earlier and she just doesn't have a car. So what am I going to do? Drop her off then go, you know, yeah, I don't yeah, know yeah. how urgent this situation was, but if, yeah. if anyone were to call me and be like, I need your help, I will drop everything. Yeah. 
and bring my friend, whoever the yeah. whoever is with me, <laughs> to come with me yeah. and sit in the car yeah. if it's not appropriate. You know what right, I mean? Right. <laughs> it's also like I didn't want to like bring Total, her into yeah. this yeah, yeah, as yeah, well. Yeah. And I remember you set that boundary yeah. as well, which I appreciate. Yeah. You know, though we didn't know the scale of what you were dealing with at the time, right. I think it's so important. Like if you are friends with anyone, Anybody. you know, like just to. To approach situations like this, a call for help, literally yeah. answer it yeah, and just be like empathetic and understanding and try your best mm-hmm. to just comprehend what is happening. Because mm-hmm. I, being there firsthand, I will say it was the only experience I've had <laughs> dealing with, yeah. I don't, I don't even want to say dealing because you know, that sounds right. like it has such a weird connotation right, right, to right. it, but to be there and witness what you were going through, yeah. it was very clear that it was a very traumatic experience oh, yeah. for you. Oh, yeah. You know, to see you in tears, to yeah. see you with your boobs out. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, like, yeah. it, was, it was just out, a lot. Man. Like, it was, it was just like, oh, my gosh, you know? Uh, yeah, there, when you have these, these like, bipolar awakenings and um, these breakdowns, like, it's very common for you to just get naked and, like, want to strip down. Like, that's a pretty normal thing that really? people do. Yeah, it's pretty normal. Yeah, because it's like you have this overwhelming feeling of like, you don't want to be ashamed. So you're Mm. like, I'm just going to go back to my, like my normal state of being, which is my most natural thing, which is my human suit, you know? And it's Mm -hmm. like, I just, Mm -hmm. and, but it is, I mean, it's really, um, it's, it's pretty common. And, um, but yeah, I was just in this place where I was having all of these like realizations and, you know, it was just like, yeah, an overwhelming amount of trauma. And, you know, specifically that week I had reconnected with, um, a friend of mine from high school and, when I was having all of these feelings of like just interconnectedness and a oneness with the world and, you know, all these feelings that I had had, like I just had this urge to reconnect to my old friend and we had actually had a falling out because, um, we hadn't spoken in a little while because, uh, another friend of ours from our high school, um, passed away recently. And at that point when she passed away, like I just, was at capacity for grief. Like I had lost a lot of people within the past couple of years. And so, um, our classmate Chelsea, um, she was actually murdered in Atlanta and, um, it, it just gutted me. And I just like, really, I didn't have any more room to be sad. And my friend had reached out and was really upset about our friend that passed away. And I just couldn't be there for her. And so instead of, I couldn't, and I also was in my own deep, dark spiral of, um, depression and anxiety. And so like, I just, I had no capacity for myself. I was also hurting so bad. I was sick. Like I, you know, and I just, I couldn't even articulate like, Hey, I'm hurting and I I can't be there for you. I couldn't even respond, you know? So I just didn't call her back. I didn't text her back. And she basically was like, what the fuck dude? Like, this is our friend that died and you can't even call me. Like, you know, this was our friend. Like what is wrong with you? You know, but I was just really hurting. And so, yeah, that week that I was having the breakdown, I just, yeah, got an overwhelming feeling that I needed to reconnect with her and, um, and just kind of explain to her what I was going through and just be honest, like, Hey, I've been going through some shit over the past couple of years and I'm not in a good place and I haven't been, and I'm sorry, I haven't been there for you. And, um, but when I opened up to her, you know, one of the big things that I was struggling with was reckoning with my sexual assault that happened to me when I was 16 at my high school. And, um, And so I shared that with her and said, Hey, I've been kind of dealing with this. This is what happened to me in high school. It's something that I really haven't told a lot of people because for a long time I thought I was crazy. I thought I'd made up these flashbacks. I mean, trauma in the brain and the way that those things work, it's terrifying and it's real. It's very, very real. And so, um, yeah, but when I shared that with my friend, um, 
she was like, Sam, I remember that happening to you. Like, I remember you telling me about that in high school. And also this is what happened to me by the same guy. Do you remember this night? And I'm like, holy shit, I do remember that night. And so in that moment to like have had this whirlwind of shit that I was dealing with already and then have this like huge realization that like, oh my gosh, what I went through was valid and actually happened to me. Mm -hmm. Like what... And, and it also happened to someone else that I love, someone that I'm close with from the same guy. Like that just, I mean, that was like an explosion, you know? Right. Like, of and, course it's triggering. Yeah, totally. Why yeah. wouldn't it be? Yeah, exactly. Right? Like this is, what's what I find so fascinating is that obviously this is an uncomfortable topic to a lot of people mm-hmm. and the topic of rape right. and sexual assault right. is a taboo topic, right? right. And what's so disappointing is to see how accepted or I don't even know the right word to articulate this, but to see how people react when you do tell them something like that, right? It's the absolute worst. You know, I'm, I haven't experienced that to that scale, right? but I will say I've been harassed multiple times as any woman has. Well, every single woman has at least been touched in some way that Mm -hmm. she did not consent to. And whether that's an ass grab or Mm -hmm. touching your waist or your lower back or your hair or your anything on your body, touching you in any way that you're not consenting to, like that's groping, you know? And that's like, but we have this very like wide scale that we like say that people need to like hold themselves to, you know, like, Oh, that wasn't that bad. Or like, Oh, that wasn't, right. you know what I mean? Exactly. And it's such horse shit. I mean, we minimalize female experience in sexual assault on a mm. very regular mm-hmm. basis. Like I literally, when I opened up to one person about that, about this, their response was, well, was it like rape rape or, and I'm like, <laughs> were you wearing well, something yeah, inappropriate? Exactly. Or how drunk were you? Or I've mm. had people, you know, it happened in high school and it was, it was a guy who, I mean, I went to a tiny liberal arts private school in Buckhead, Atlanta. And this is someone who was in my community. This is someone who I know. This is someone who I trusted. Yeah. And it was somebody who I had a crush on for a second. And yes, we did make out maybe a handful of times consensually, but I didn't ask for him to take my virginity. I didn't want that to happen. Like I didn't ask to be roofied. (laughs) Like I didn't, I didn't want that. And it's just like the whole narrative that we have around all of it is just Mm. unfucking acceptable. Absolutely. And it's just, even with people you love, like someone in my family, when I told him what I had been through and recently I found out there were more victims recently in within this pandemic, you reconnect with a lot of people and it's really beautiful, but reconnecting with women from my high school, like shed light that there are actually more women other than just me and my friend that I knew about. And recently when I shared that with the person in my family, the response was, well, are you guys all sure it was the same guy? And that's someone in my fucking family. Like that is someone that is in my family. And it's like, and so it's just, we have so much work to do in terms of like just burning this shit to the ground because it really, I mean, since I've opened up about this, I haven't talked to, this is the most public way I've talked about this ever. (laughs) And so like for the most part, I've been sharing this story in small circles and getting brave to talk about it in bigger circles. But I mean, I've probably shared this with over a hundred people in small circles at this point. And the overwhelming amount of me too's that I've had to Mm -hmm. stomach and hear back from men and women, this does not just happen to women. I have heard gut wrenching stories from men of things that they've been through. And it's just, it's so prevalent. So whatever the statistic is like one in four or whatever, like it's bullshit because not enough people talk about it because there's so much shame associated with it. And you know, people don't speak up because also they get doubted. 
or they don't get believed. And like, that's real, you know? So if there's not a conducive environment for people to open up and share their stories and the things that they've been through, and if they're going to be doubted and shamed, and it's just going to bring up additional trauma for them, why the fuck would people speak up? Right. You know? And it's like, it's terrible. Right. Because it's just like, like you said, people aren't feeling supported or they feel like their voice doesn't deserve to be heard. Absolutely. And, right. and, and I think too, like when you share something difficult with somebody, it could, their response could be a number of things. Like their response and them being insensitive could be because they are triggered. It could be, you know, because they've been through something similar. It could be a million things, but for you as somebody, if you are ever receiving difficult information, or if somebody is confiding with you about something difficult, like your only job is to listen and Mm. to validate their experience and to let them know that they are safely held in your arms. Like that is all, you know? And it's like, and also to just, just make it about them and their experience. Ask them, how can I support you? Like, how can I support you is one of the kindest, most empathetic, helpful phrases you can use in any situation. Like, and and letting people know that it's okay. Like your feelings matter. Your experience is valid. I believe you. Tell me more. You know, like it's, you know, to question right off the bat, because also when somebody goes through something difficult, it's not your fucking job to be an investigative reporter and ask probing details that have nothing to do with their healing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that's not your job. Like Glennon Doyle talks about this in, um, I think it's in love warrior, but she's basically talks about the idea of like the people that come around when bad shit happen, like the fixers, the judges, the investigative reporters. And it's like, (laughs) okay, what we don't need. And I'm going to like butcher this quote, but she basically says like, we don't need investigative reporters, fixers and advice givers. Like we need people to sit in like loving vigil to our pain and not try to fix it, not try to question it, not try to doubt it, not judge it, but just really sit in it and let us unravel and just be there, you know? And absolutely. And that's, that goes for any relationship you have across the board. You know, I, I will say that just being able to be another human to another human is such a great experience Mm -hmm. because honestly, it's taken me a long time to get to this point in my life where I just sit and listen. Yeah. You know, and I I think it, it takes a lot of people time and effort and empathy. It's a practice, right? And it it doesn't just happen overnight. And I think that's, it just starts with one person, you know, when someone reaches out or if you open your doors to like, Hey, if you're going through this much like you, right. You, you open up your DMS, you give your phone number out. Like you opened up this (laughs) um, Facebook group page as a space for people to heal. And though they don't vocalize how they feel in the group where others can publicly see it, they go to you directly and thank you. Absolutely. Right. So it's just like, it's clear that we're in need of these supportive spaces and these spaces where we feel safe because that's the scary part is that even though we have friends and family and people in our lives, we're we still feel alone. Yeah. Right. And and that's a scary feeling. Absolutely. And especially right now in the wake of this pandemic. Yeah. We're about two months in. Yep. And as much as I want to be over it, it, it's, what am I going to do? Yeah. (laughs) You know? Right. Yeah. Um, It's our current reality, but that, that feeling of loneliness and being alone, I mean, that is terrifying and it's got a little Piper on the loose there. Just, you know, little, little dog escape there. Here, do you want to come? Um, yeah, I mean that, like what scares me 
more than actually like sharing my shit unapologetically and being super vulnerable is like the idea that anybody has to feel alone in any of the stuff that they go through. Like that's scarier to me than sharing the things that I supposedly should be ashamed about on the internet. Like I just, I'm, I'm, you know, I've, I've seen so much tangible evidence, especially over the past couple of years, like sharing my story, sharing my mental health struggles, sharing my sexual assault story that like this stuff helps people, you know, mm-hmm. it really fucking does. And even if it only helps one person, I've done my job, you know, but I have like evidence that this is the work, you know, this vulnerability, this connection, this like letting people know that they're not alone in their struggles. Like it's common. And, you know, but again, like there, I don't know, it's hard because there's a lot of noise, especially online with social media of these, mm-hmm. like, you know, um, picture perfect images of perfection or whatever, you know, these dumb standards that, we, you know, are kind of pressured into holding ourselves to. And that's why I just like the way that I view social media is like a genuine platform to connect authentically and like help people. Like I don't, I don't look at it as just like, yeah, I'm like cute. And it, you know, I do occasionally post some photos of like my ass and stuff, you know, but but it's like, that's not what it's about, you know, but you know what I'm saying? Yes. It's like, here's the thing. You're not degrading yourself. You're not like, you're not selling booty pics or anything. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, the thing is, what I love about your approach to social media is that you are a hundred percent yourself, and yeah. I think that's hard for a lot of people to it face. Is. And that's taking a long is time. to be yeah. themselves. Yeah, because I mean, even myself, I've fallen into the trap when, it, like, what a few years ago, yeah. when I started Instagram, and then like brands would reach out to me, and then they would just be like, "Oh, can you do this?" And I'd be like, "Yeah," with a drop of a hat. Yeah. I would like con- kind of conform to that look and style. I'm just like, right. "Who the fuck is this person?" Yeah, you know. And I've really learned that it takes a lot of inner work. It does to get not just comfortable, but confident within yourself, mm-hmm. right? To see you, to see you grow from a place where you you felt so much trauma two years ago, and then you know you went to a mental hospital or yeah. whatever <laughs> they want to call it. Yeah. What is it called? Yeah. You know, like yeah. And to see you come out of that and experience so much grief because mm-hmm. of your loved ones and how people in your life treated you, yeah. that really broke my heart. But yeah. to see you grow full circle from that moment to where you are now, living on your own here in San Diego, because you made that shit work, because you did the work, is huge. And yeah. I really give you kudos for showing up, shaking your booty online, because <laughs> you are embracing your full self, and yeah. that's how you are. Mm-hmm. Without a camera. Right. You know what I mean? You just happen to turn it on. And <laughs> what's great about that is it also empowers other women in your community, in right. our communities, to embrace that side of ourselves. Right. right? Because we're like, oh, we don't want to, we don't want to do that. Right. We we tend as women, we tend to shrink and like dim ourselves down. Right. And oh, like it it really does break my heart to see yeah. so many women fall victim to this like trap of like, I'm just going to stay small right. and like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to live my truth because it's not for me. You know, mm-hmm. I've seen it in my family. I've seen it in a lot of friends and it's just like, you know, it, it's not, it's not a overnight solution. No. It's a work in progress. And like, you'll never get to the end. No, there's no, no fucking exactly. arrival. 
Yeah. There's no cake. There's no party. No. <laughs> like, 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 I, I mean, yeah. like, here it is. I'm yeah. here. No. And also, like, <laughs> it's going to change every fucking day. Like, one day you might feel really empowered and great, and then you might have a bad day the next one, and, like, that's okay. Like, it's okay to wobble. Percent. Like, it's fucking okay, you know? And, like, but the general consensus of, like, no, I'm going to make a commitment to myself to love myself and not participate in these things that make me feel shitty. Um, but that's, like, an active, again, like you were saying, like, a muscle you have to flex and exercise. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, like, mindful. It's not participating in negative self-talk. It's not participating in, you know, gossip or what, you know, it's like all these things that are kind of like just low vibration shit that like you don't need to be involved in and you don't need to be doing anymore, you know? Absolutely. Um, But also like, I just, I mean, this pandemic honestly has been super inspiring for me because it's like, you know, the imminent threat of death just kind of being like on our doorstep is like, it's, it's terrifying, but it's also like, wow, okay. We really don't know how many days are guaranteed. We don't know how long we're going to be here. And like, it's more terrifying to think that I could die with like any of my sparkle inside of me, you know, like that's more terrifying. And so like, and I, I say this all the time, but like at the end of your life with wherever you end up at the end of your life, like, are you going to be reflecting back on it and being like, gosh, I wish I would have like shared less. Like, mm-hmm. absolutely not. <laughs> absolutely mm-hmm. not. You're always going to be wishing that you shared more of yourself. And typically the reason you don't share and open yourself up and speak your truth and do it unapologetically is because you're afraid or like the shame or whatever. But it's just a lot of it's self-limiting and it's a lot of like outside influence. So if we absolutely. were all just like kinder to each other and if we were a lot more vulnerable, like I always say, like, I really wish we could all walk around with like sandwich boards attached to us of like all the shit we've been through in our life, you know, cause we would be so much kinder. Like if you actually... Like if I had an entire whiteboard that like covered my body with a list of all the bad stuff that I've been through in my life or all the ways that I've struggled, like you probably would judge me less. Like you probably would like, like me a little more, you know, you know, or probably be a little more kind or whatever, you know, like if we all actually saw each other for people and people with struggles instead of jumping to the assumption that anything's been easy for anybody because we all have our struggles regardless of what scale they're on or what the category is or whatever, you know, like everybody's been through fucking shit and Um, but yeah, to speak to like the female experience, I mean, I just think that I'm so passionate about women's work because that's just obviously something that I can speak very personally to. And I, I do think like women just have so much power and it does break my heart when I see any woman like doubting herself or thinking that success can't be hers or that she doesn't deserve Mm -hmm. it. Like the worthiness piece of that is so real, you know, feeling Mm -hmm. like, you don't deserve to shine or you don't deserve to take up space. So that's why, I mean, that's why I do so much of what I do because I get to write like fat ass permission slips to everyone else that is in my orbit and letting them know that like they can do their thing too. You know, like Absolutely. you can shake your ass too. I've got cellulite. I've got fucking spider veins. I've got, you know, all kinds of shit. <laughs> she, I think she's thirsty. Oh, shit. I think she, I heard some. Did she just go and get herself some? I think. <laughs> Piper, did you use toilet water? She sure did. She sure did. Look at you. Your she face is like, all wet. You guys wet. were recording a podcast, so I'm going to be self-sufficient. <laughs> You're a boss-ass bitch, Piper. I give you that. She's like, listen, I know what I need, and I can take care of myself. Look I am that. a sovereign-ass woman. <laughs> she learns from her mama. I know. Listen, by osmosis, baby. This is what we do. We are so two funny. independent ladies living on our own. <laughs> well, I do want to kind of dive in because, sure. you know, with – the pandemic going on and a lot of us in quarantine, a lot of us are working from home. A lot of us have lost our jobs. A lot of us have just lost what normal life is like right now. And I think when it comes down to mental health, it's so important now more than ever to really pay attention to that. Cause like you said, you know, we, 
we're so used to appearing a certain way or acting a certain way. And it's just like when we're faced with ourselves. Yeah, looking in the mirror. And we kind of have no choice, right? Because right. now quarantine has allowed us or really made us just think a uh, lot and yeah. reflect a lot. I've definitely used this time for reflection. And yeah. I will say, like you said earlier, we have some really empowering days and some days we just don't give a shit. And I felt a lot of those days during quarantine, 100%. especially what that first month or so. Yeah, girl, that was rough. And... <laughs> It's been so difficult and yeah. I, I would love to hear just like what, what tools and resources do you have being a mental health advocate for having experienced before like all yeah. of this has happened <laughs> of like, how can we really recenter ourselves? How can we right. dig deeper without like that shame? Yeah. How can we really um, look inward and find ourselves and right. be that person I think it's really allowed me to, again, reflect and really find, like, what is it do I, like, what do I even care about right right now? Now that I? literally the world <laughs> may end and we have no idea how much longer we have on this earth. Absolutely. So yeah. I'd love to hear just what wisdom you have for us all. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think I have a lot of thoughts on that. Um, I think, first of all, like, we have to, first and foremost, like, just be gentle with ourselves through this time because we don't have our normal toolkits available, like our normal resources and our normal things that like ground us. Like we probably like our toolkits are kind of limited these days. Like for me, um, a lot of what like lights me up and fills up my cup is like being in community connection, like physically being with people, being outside, you know, like, I mean, there's all these things, you know, like, um, going to a yoga class. I really miss being in connectivity with people like that. You know, like there's, um, yeah, just a lot of stuff that we kind of don't have at our disposal. So it's, it's like a reevaluation and figuring out like, okay, every single day, what's going to like make me feel taken care of? What's going to make me feel nurtured? What's going to make me feel happy? What's going to make me feel joyful? But I think the biggest piece of that is like, we all judge ourselves so fucking hard mm -hmm. for that. And it's like, it's, it's this fight because internally, you know, you're like, there's a, and especially like online and it's noisy and there are a lot of narratives like, don't waste this time. Be the most productive version of yourself. <laughs> yeah. Learn Mandarin. You know, it's like, no, <laughs> fuck off. I'm going to sit on my couch today because it feels good. You know? yeah. And it's like, but it's just, it's paying attention to that kind of like internal compass and honoring it and like parenting yourself, like really taking care of yourself and figuring out like, okay, what's going to feel good for me today. And of course that comes with like a lot of privilege on a lot of different spectrums. Like not all of us, like have the opportunity to just like fully take control of our schedule and decide what's going to be like for me, I can take four fucking bubble baths. If I want, I am single, I am live by myself and it's just me and my dog. Like, but people have kids at home. They have spouses they need to take care of. They have jobs. People are essential work. I mean, there's like so many, so many people that don't have the same set of circumstances as I do. So I just want to recognize that like, I come from a very like privileged position and I have like a lot of, you know, like, um, I don't know, ways that I can, mother myself right now, but not mm -hmm. everybody can, but it's figuring out like, what can you do with where you're at right now? Like what is accessible to you and what is going to feel good for you? And again, not judging yourself for whatever that might be. Like if you need to just, you know, tune out and numb yourself with six hours of Netflix, like you do that, you know, like you do that. Um, but I think, I think it's really important to stay connected to your network, um, and be honest about the things you're going through. Cause that's definitely something that I've struggled with in the past. And especially even, you know, for me, who's someone who advocates for mental health, I 
it's still hard for me to admit, admit when I'm struggling because I don't like to worry people, you know, and I don't, um, and, and especially too, when I'm like honest about the stuff I'm going through, like people will be like, well, I don't want you to go back to the hospital. I'm like, I'm not going back to the hospital. I'm just having a bad day, you know, or like, they'll be like, I'm worried that you're too angry. Or I'm worried about this. You know, like people just get like really kind of sensitive about it. And, um, and sometimes that can be like a little bit hurtful. It's like, wait, Absolutely. I just wanted to like open up to you and tell you yeah. that I'm kind of struggling, you know, like, I don't want you to think that I'm going to, it's like a whole different extreme, right? It's yeah. like, oh, the moment that you show some sort of like sign of struggle or hurt yeah. that they're immediately, especially your loved ones, yeah. right? Will yeah, yeah, automatically yeah. think like, oh, here we go again. I know. Yeah. And it's like, and I'm like, and it's like, are we just constant disappointments to the people in our lives? You know, <laughs> that's obvious. That's like, honestly what I think sometimes like with my parents and stuff, I'm just like, oh, here, I, here we go again. You know, they're, they're going to think. I don't know, something, it's, something silly. And it's yeah. just like what it's crazy that we have to, like we, we personally already give ourselves such a hard time, such a hard time that when other people in our lives are like poking at us or making assumptions, right. Are you fucking kidding me? Like that's not, that's not helping anybody. <laughs> no. Who does that serve? Who so it's just serve? like, that reminds me of your peace. Fuck your assumptions. Yeah, fuck by your the way. Assumptions. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, yeah, I just feel like there's there's so many of us, like you yeah. said, who have different circumstances, yeah. and whether that's children at home or maybe living with an abusive partner, like yeah. it's it's really scary to think that a lot of people's mental health is just coming into awareness. Yeah, I feel like that's something that a lot of people just kind of leave last. Oh my right, gosh, as yeah, a priority. my email inbox, my text messages, my DMs, like everything has been blowing up since this has started because people are just hurting and they're yeah. confused and they're afraid because again, like normally we have our routines and we have things to numb us and we have our resources and we have our toolkits. But when we don't have all of that and that's kind of stripped away, people are like, Oh shit. Mm -hmm. But it's like, I mean, for me being able to, for a long time, I didn't even like I thought I wasn't good enough or whatever to call myself like a mental health advocate. And like recently I had a conversation with a dear friend of mine back in Atlanta, who's a therapist. And she's like, um, what you do have is like peer to peer support. And that's a really beautiful thing. And you can like speak to the specific experience that you've been through and like, just share that with people. And so like, um, that's been super helpful just to let people know that they're like less alone. And here's what I've been through. And I'm happy to share like the nitty gritty details. And, you know, I usually do it with like some humor and I mean, some, some parts of the story are pretty funny, you know? So it's like important to laugh and, you know, like just kind of, you know, be gentle and like kind with yourself. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, all, th this whole thing is trip. <laughs> you know, like this, it is. It's, it's, um, yeah, it's nothing that, like, it's just, it's nothing like we've ever dealt with before. And so I think too, again, like just being graceful and kind to ourselves and, um, and just kind of giving everybody a pass. Like everybody gets a pass right now. Like I'm trying very hard not to be reactive or judgmental or short or impatient with anybody I'm dealing with because I have no idea what is going on behind closed doors. I have no idea what's going on in their head, what's going on in their heart. Like I can't even imagine. And I don't, you know, so for me to take anything that they say or do as like a you know, offensive or whatever. Like just, I just, everybody gets a fucking pass. And I honestly think that should carry over to like after the pandemic, Absolutely. like everybody 100%. gets a fucking pass all the time. Like mm -hmm. if we operated like that on a very regular basis, like we would be so much better off. And like, I don't know. But the other thing talking about like, you know, our families and things like that, not being supportive, I had to just kind of come to this realization the other day where I was like, um, 
where am I investing my energy? You know, am I going to invest my energy in trying to make this family member believe me about my sexual assault? No, I'm going to invest my energy into my women's group and uplifting them and inspiring them. Like that's where I can put my energy. Like I I already know that going down that path, like my energy is not best used there because it's going to deplete me. It's not going to fill me up. Like the things that fill me up are giving back to my community and you know, uplifting women and showing women that, you know, we can be our fully expressed selves and that we do have a lot of shit to say and all of it matters. Like that is, you know, the good. So I feel like focusing on those things that you know are going to like uplift you and make you feel good. You know, if like sitting on, you know, CNN for three hours is just going to leave you (laughs) feeling terrible. It's like, let's not do, let's like stay informed, stay smart, stay safe, but also like invest back into yourself by filling up your cup with things that are going to be positive for your energy bank. Like, Absolutely. You know. And setting boundaries. Yeah. Right? Oh, that's setting hard. Setting boundaries is huge. <laughs> that's and so hard, especially with family. It is very, very hard. Yeah. And, you know, it's like a conversation I would always have with my uncle. Like, nothing's ever good enough for him, even after I graduated, even after I, like, did all of my work. And I consider myself, like happy and successful and here you know he's just like that's not good enough and I'm like who the fuck are you to tell me yeah who that that's d- not good enough for you yeah but for me I'm good so it's it's like you said distancing yourself from things that don't feel good and and like leaning into things that feel real good um yeah well and also who made the fucking good enough meter like who made the fucking good enough meter and who is the mayor of good enough meter town? Like, fuck that guy. <laughs> you know? like, I just, fuck, that like, guy. fuck him and the horse he rode in on. Like he is so unproductive. He doesn't make anybody feel good. And like also who made him the boss? Cause you can very easily unmake him the boss. Right. <laughs> like, it's like, it's in, right. it's in your power, but it's like, you know, mindset and the way that you like view things. And again, where you're placing your energy, like, mm-hmm. and especially with that particular family member, like I know that, I'm not ever going to get what I'm looking for when I'm talking about feminism and women's rights. Like I know that. So it's not like it's, it like doesn't, why keep fighting that why battle? Keep fighting that, if we're just you know? going to keep losing. Yeah. I'm going to keep losing that one. And it's just, I would love for things to be different, but also like for that person, it's not my responsibility to do that much emotional labor. It's really not <laughs> like, again, I would rather invest my time in like uplifting women and, um, helping other people feel good about themselves than trying to convince somebody that women matter and we should believe them. Mm -hmm. Like, fuck that. Mm -hmm. You'll figure it out eventually. I hope. Right. (laughs) But here's what I want to point out is that you built a community Mm -hmm. around being so public about your breakdown. Yeah. I think what's so beautiful about that is like, not just the fact that you have this peer to peer support, but the fact that you're like, here I am. Yep. This is me. You could join me if you want. Yeah. And here you have like 300 something women. Yeah. Almost 400 now. Yeah. Who are rallying right behind you, yeah. who, who are in this conversation and spreading the word, whether you know it or not. Right. You know, and I think that's so beautiful and so powerful is that obviously when you speak your truth, the truth will follow. And like right. the good will still keep coming. And right. You've built this. Yes, it's been over the course of two years, but the six months of work that you've put in since you have made the effort to come back to San Diego and now that you live on your own and now that you are publicly speaking about this even more, I think is so beautiful and so empowering and so inspiring and to see not just you show up fully for yourself, but to show up 
in your artwork and to create beautiful pieces of your experience because I feel like you have this way of just chronicling your your shitty experiences <laughs> in your beautiful paintings, which is such a it's a very like, like it's a weird duality. Yeah, like, it's exactly. A very, like, and it's funny too because I like um yeah, for my collection that I did with 1805 Gallery called It's Gonna Be Okay, which was in 2018, a couple months before my breakdown, um, like the premise of the whole collection was like vulnerability and coping and self-love and all the pieces were super fucking bright and colorful and fun, but they all had kind of gut-wrenching names, you know? So it was funny, like one of like uh, my most colorful pieces, the first piece from that collection is called Dumb Fucking Cunt. And I, <laughs> this sweet little old lady came in to my exhibition <laughs> and she was like one of the first people there. And she went over and she looked at the painting and she comes over to me and she's like, Oh honey, why would you name a painting something so horrible? It's so beautiful. Why wouldn't you name it something pretty? And I was like, well, Wanda or whatever, you know, like, um, it's my <laughs> art. sounds like an old lady name for sure. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what her name was. <laughs> I'm like, um, what I do is I take my trauma and I transmute it into beauty and I invite people to be a part of that story. And that's just kind of how I operate. And she was like, okay, well, I still think you should have named it something else. And I'm like, <laughs> it's not for you, Wanda. That's fucking fine. Um, and, but it's like, it's, I, I like that. I kind of like that. Um, I like showing people and I don't know, maybe it's part of my bipolar disorder. Like I like the extremes. I like the opposites. Like, yeah, this is a really fun, beautiful, happy, cohesive painting that you want to put on your wall and it's your dining room statement piece. But also here's the struggle that it took to get to that piece and to make that piece. And here's the specific memory or story that it's tied to. And like, and it took me a while to figure that out. Like I didn't always have like my artistic voice figured out, but it really was like that residency that I did with 1805 gallery. And, um, I have to give it up to Lauren Siri, the gallery director, because she just looked at me and was like, yeah, name the piece, dumb fucking cunt, do whatever you want. It's your art. And I was like, really, are you sure? <laughs> like, mm -hmm. uh, you know, but that really was the beginning of me kind of not giving a fuck and just being like, you know what, I'm going to tell stories through my paintings and I'm going to talk about stuff that's uncomfortable and I'm not going to use a filter and I'm going to, you know, curse like a sailor, like I normally do it. You know, like I just, I'm, I'm, I'm done with the narrative that like I need to wear, anybody else's mask instead of like, except my own, you know, I just mm. don't want to want to be fucking naked. Fuck yeah, girl. <laughs> like, tits you out 2020. Tits out 2020. Tits out. <laughs> um, yeah. But I think it's, it's so important. And even like with the Facebook group, with all those women in that community, it's like, yeah, initially it was started around like my breakdown in mental health, but it's grown to be something so much bigger than that. And like the common theme through everything that's talked about in that group is just radical vulnerability. I mean, we have women that are talking about infertility and body shame and money shame and, you know, interpersonal relationships or what, or work struggles or pay inequity, or, you know, like, it's just, it's, all these things all across the board that a lot of women don't feel comfortable enough to share or talk about in like a supported community. And so I just really believe in the concept of like, I'll go first. And like, I have a really dear friend, Julia Wells, who is a pussy based business coach. And she is one of my favorite people. And she's taught me so much about what it means to be a good leader and to read, to read, to lead radically and vulnerably and just to do it authentically, you know, and, and, and she and I, yeah, she came on my Instagram recently and she talked about this concept too. Like I go first, like, that's what I, that's what I do in all my leadership, you know? So in that group, it's like, I ask women to show up and be vulnerable and share stuff. But every single time I'm like, I go first, you know, like here's my shit. And like, so, and it, and it disarms people, you know, like it makes people feel more comfortable Absolutely. and it makes people, um, yeah, just, just feel more connected to you when you mm -hmm. share something vulnerable with them and you invite them in to like, that's an invitation. It's like, Hey, I feel safe enough around you to share this with you. And then 
they get an, you know, you get an invite back from them. That's like, Hey, thank you for making me feel safe. Here's my shit. Yeah. And honestly, and anytime I've sent, I've shared my sexual assault story, like it either ends in someone saying like, thank you so much for sharing with that with me. That never happened to me. So I can't imagine what that's like. Or someone saying, thank you so much for sharing that with me. This is what's happened to me. And so many people, I'm the only person they've ever told about their sexual assault. And if I just get to be that one person, like, great, you know, like there's so many people who can't tell any more than one person. Like it's such a, I mean, it's just, and, and honestly, that's like my biggest inspiration for my next collection of work that I'm going to start making. Um, that's called covered up and, um, it is around telling stories, um, of sexual assault survivors. And so, um, it's a project that I've been dreaming of for a really long time. Um, and I don't fully have like exactly how it's going to work fleshed out. Um, especially because with the pandemic, like I was planning on doing this and having a physical space where people could survivors could come and create art with me. And it would be like a collaborative community project and something about connection, but like we we can't do that right now. (laughs) And so I'm, I'm still working out, um, how exactly, uh, functionality wise it's going to work. But the basis of it is that, um, survivors get to tell their stories, um, with me through a piece of art. So we get to, um, work on a piece of art together and they get to tell me their story and they can, um, write on the canvas, you know, they can write a, um, a letter about like their experience. They can write a letter to themselves. They can just write one big angry word. They can write a big sad word. They can, I mean, whatever, whatever it is that needs to be on that painting that you feel like needs to be covered up, you know, and if, if that big scary secret, that big scary story, like you get to write it out completely on a canvas and then I get to paint over and it just gets to live in that body of work. Like at least, you know, it's out of your body and it's living through creativity and it's living through expression and you get to transmute that trauma and you get to move it. It doesn't stay stagnant. It gets Mm -hmm. out of you. It gets worked through. And, you know, um, I just think that's so important. Like not sharing my story for such a long time in my life almost killed me. It really fucking did. I mean, I had a lot of times when I had suicidal thoughts, I've had a gun in my hand more than once. Um, and like, I've really been to a really deep, dark place because of a lot of the stuff that I've never let come out of me. And like, I don't, so many people leave too soon. So many people get taken too early. So many people like kill themselves or they end up in addiction or depressions or domestic violence or whatever. There's all these things that happen as a result of keeping your traumas and keeping the things that have hurt you inside or not dealing with them. And it just breaks my heart to think that there are so many people that go through that. So I just want to do my part to, um, share my story and my heart and open up the space for other people to be a part of this creative healing process. Because for me, painting out my stories and telling my stories, like that's healing. That's so healing for me because you just kind of claim it, you know? I mean, mm-hmm. that's so powerful to put a name to something and be like, I'm, I'm claiming this shit and this thing happened to me and here's how I'm moving through it or whatever, you know? And so, um, yeah, I'm still working out the kinks of how it's going to go. I've also thought like, okay, maybe it's something that I can do virtually for now where I am, you know, mailing (laughs) canvas to people and they get to write down their stories and then they send it to me. And then we have some kind of, you know, zoom time together where we talk about it and then I paint over it and what, whatever that looks like. Um, you know, obviously my initial intent was like the connected, (laughs) the connected experience and to be in person. And, but this is something that I want to dedicate at least a year to, like, this is just an ongoing collection that I want to, um, really be invested in, um, doing and, um, 
Yeah, but I'm also talking to um, different like mental health professionals and healers and things like that to get some kind of support system in place along with the project so that um, it's not just me. Like obviously I'm, I'm one person and I can hold a lot of space for people, but um, when you deal with traumas and you unearth stuff like this, and especially for people who haven't ever talked about it, like you need support, you know? So I want to make sure that I'm doing the project justice and that there's a support system in place and that, um, you know, the survivors have a place to be caught and held. And, um, so it's not just like, Hey, you're telling me this vulnerable story and like, go back out into the world. Thanks for making some art with me. You know, it's like, mm -hmm. I don't want that to, I don't want that to be the thing. So, um, yeah, again, still working out uh, the exact details of it, but the general idea is to be able to tell survivor stories and do it through expressive um, art and do it together. And um, I think a lot of times with scary stuff, like you just need someone to hold your hand. And um, a lot of people held my hand through my darkness. So if I can gift that to anybody else and help them move through some stuff that's weighed them down their whole life, like that's the work, you know, mm -hmm. like, that's what I want to fucking be doing. Like, Ugh. that's what I want to be a part of. That makes my nipples hard, you know? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I don't think I've like laughed or cackled like that on this podcast ever. <laughs> you are welcome. You are welcome. Oh my gosh. You're hilarious. Um, I am so excited about this project because I remember you coming up with these ideas yeah. and, you know, transforming Studio Lou and like yeah. all of these brilliant ideas you have. Yeah. And, and it's still, it's still a work in progress, you know? Absolutely. Still, yeah. Like everything but, is until you like, you know, take those initial steps and do right. more like outreach and everything. But right. it's like what you're doing is necessary work and it's big work. Yeah. You know, like this is something that it's big. people deal with and like carry with them for most of their lives and don't even have the opportunity to tell anyone. Right. And the fact that, you know, people trust you with their story, trust you with their trauma right. is huge. And for you to take that and create something beautiful mm -hmm. is so amazing. And it's Thanks, like, uh, any way I could support you and help bring that idea to life. Yeah. You know I'm going to need you. You know I'm going to need you for this shit. So, like, you're definitely not getting off the hook. <laughs> but, like, really, though, I yeah. think just – I think there's very few people who open up spaces like this yeah. to be very inclusive and very safe and supportive because there are spaces out there that exist in our communities 100%. that are only here for – Personal gain. Exactly. Yeah. For – you know, just <laughs> go on, girl, go on, girl, <laughs> do it, do it. <laughs> Only for the Instagrams. <laughs> there are, I mean, honestly though, but like you and I have had a lot of conversations around this. Like they're like, Alyssa and I are very selective about who we hang out with, where we focus our energy. And we both have done a lot of work to try and be like super intentional about things like that. So like when we, you know, go to certain things or spend our time on stuff. We're like, who is this actually helping? What are they actually saying? What is the actual message? And like, what does the room look like that what we're in? Am I just hanging out with a bunch of other white girls? Like, I don't want to be in that room. Mm. I don't want to be in that room, <laughs> you know? And it's just like, you know, um, yeah. So just to have, have things that are like intentional and authentic, like nobody needs any more cookie cutter bullshit. Like that doesn't actually help anybody, you know? Right. So it's like, I don't know, just this concept of like doing more with our platforms and doing more with our voices. And it's not hard. It's really not hard. It's so easy. Um, 
I'm going to start teaching workshops called social media for good, um, that are super quick, easy, informative ways that you can make real change with minimal effort and do it tangibly and make it a part of your practice. Because uh, like we're all sitting at home. Like I know you're fucking thumbing and scrolling. Like why don't you do some good with it? And mm. for me, like I have a background in corporate marketing, advertising, new business development and sales. I had four years experience in that. And then I have six years as an entrepreneur. So, so far I have 10 years that I've been on social media in this world of marketing, in this world of new business development. And, um, so I, and I also just, I'm a fucking nerd and I love to teach. And so, um, but I think a lot of people don't know that they can make a large impact, you know, especially with social media, like, you know, your small business owner friend or your musician friend or your activist friend, like they need your help more than fucking Kylie Jenner needs to sell her new fucking lip kit. Like they need your help. Like, you know, like it, it really does. It pisses me off when I go through my feed and I like, you know how you can see like your friends that have liked something like first, you know what I'm saying? So like, I will go through my feed and I'm like, really friend of mine, you're going and liking their shit and you're not. And let me just explain in a very quick, easy way. Um, the way that an algorithm works on social media. So an algorithm is a formula that is in place to decide what kind of information is relevant to bring to you. And you as a consumer with a social media platform can help that algorithm work better for your friend that is a small business owner, musician, artist, whatever, whoever you're trying to support, you can help out make that algorithm work better for them by boosting their engagement. And if you don't know what engagement is, that means liking their stuff, commenting on their stuff, sharing on their stuff, um, sending messages, like all of that, any functionality type thing that you're doing with that person's platform that is engagement. And that is going to help them show up higher in the algorithm search results, which helps your friend. So you, even though you may not monetarily be able to support your friend, maybe you don't have extra funds right now and I fucking get it, but you do have five minutes that you can go like comment and share and leave your friend a review. And also further than that, if you're not comfortable showing up on social media, you can tell your friends about that person. You can send text messages, you can send emails, you can call your friend. Um, we all have to have more conversations with each other about the fact that we don't need to be giving more money to big box corporations. Mm -hmm. Like the way that we create change is by bringing dollars local. Like that's how we affect real change and how we help our economy. Like the big guys are not going to help us. The government's not going to fucking help us. We are going to help each other. And so it's like, we can be more intentional with our time and, um, just do more good. Like that's, and it's, and again, it's easy, you know, it's very, very easy to help, you know, and, and like, and referrals too, you know, like thinking of your friend that has a small business. If you're someone who is in like a leadership position with decision-making power, like decide that, you know, next time you're cater, you're not going to go to Panera. You're going to go to your friend's restaurant down the street or whatever, you know, like outside of pandemic, uh, you know, circumstances, circumstances, obviously, <laughs> but that's just an example. It's like, you have, you have a lot more power than you realize mm -hmm. to affect real change and to spread goodness. And like, it's just, it's accessible and it's easy. And, um, even like a good referral, you know, like a, for instance, like I use myself as an example, but like if somebody wants to tell someone about my art, like it's great if they send my Instagram or my website to somebody and say like, Hey, here's my friend, Sam's art. You should check it out. Like, that's fine. Whatever. But what's even better is if you send some kind of context to let your friend or whoever you're sending that person something to, like you give them something to hold on to, or you give them something to feel something about that person. So you say like, Hey, this is my friend, Sam, who I've known since I was five. She's a good family friend. She advocates for mental health. She has bipolar disorder. She creates art that does this, you know, like, and this is why you should support her. Like giving people context and giving people an opportunity to actually connect with that person. Like that influences their decision to support that person. It also influences their buying decision. And so like just doing a better job with all the things and being more intentional about 
where we're spending our energy and our time and our money. Um, like that's just important and we can do a lot of good with minimal effort. Like we really do Mm -hmm. have so much power, but again, we all have this narrative that like, what could we possibly do? Like a lot of times my friend will be like, but I only have 73 followers. Why would I share your stuff on Instagram? I'm like 73 is more than one. (laughs) And like, and also of those 73 people, there might be like four really qualified people within there that just bought homes that could use a big piece of statement art to go in their fucking living room. You know, Mm -hmm. like it's just, I think we all immediately like discount ourselves and think that we don't have anything to bring to the table. And it's like, no, we all have networks. Like everybody is a fucking influencer. Everybody. Thank you. <laughs> like everybody. I was just going to say like this whole term influencer. Yeah. It's like the fact that it was even coined because of social media and yeah. shit is insane. She's right there. <laughs> I was like, I got my eyes on her. Viper, you good? I was like, where'd she go? Where'd she go? <laughs> I think it's so funny that, you know, the, the term influencer has definitely become so prominent over the last decade and for weird reasons. But again, like, like you said, everyone's is an influencer. Everybody. We have some sort of influence on the people that we're around. Just like whenever you're like, Hey, my friend made these earrings. I'm like, fuck yeah, I'm going to go check those out because they look good on you. And I want one for myself. You know, it's just like, it's, it's like taking these in real life conversations, but having them online and having more of a reach. Right. Right. And right. what's, what's crazy is seeing not just, um, people feel inadequate or yeah. not understand their power and how they can influence other people with just like a simple share to their story. Yeah. Like it's so easy to just click that little it's airplane so button, easy. put it, it on your story less than a minute. or send it to somebody. And it's just like, you don't even have to say anything of it. But yeah. if someone finds that interesting, they'll click on the image and yeah. learn more about it. Yeah. Well, and like us as small business owners, like I have, and I know you probably do too, like so many real life examples of ways that like social media in that way, like a simple story has brought me like massive amounts of business. Like my mm-hmm. very best, like my client that owns the most work of mine, Whitney, who is like one of my dear friends at this point and someone who I love, um, she's spent over five figures with me. And the initial way that she found out about my work was I was tagged in the background of somebody's Instagram story. Like that's, and that's how she found me initially. And at this point she has commissioned me. She has bought a lot of my existing pieces of art. She has gifted my art to other people. She has hired me to teach a birthday party. You know, like, I mean, she is like my like OG, you know, cheerleader. And like the only way she found out about me was through Instagram. And, and I have so many other stories like that, that are very real, you know? So like it does work and like, it really makes a difference and you never know, who's going to see that and like what kind of eyeballs you're going to get in front of. And again, we have way more fucking power than we're aware of. Mm -hmm. And I also want to point out that Instagram right now has their small business button. Um, Okay. But does every, I don't think everybody has that function because I couldn't. Have you updated your app girl? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, here's the thing. I didn't have it the first day it came out. I had it the next day. Okay. So maybe maybe it's slowly rolling out. I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, the small business, um, and the thing I want to say about supporting a small business is like most small business owners outsource the things that they need within their business to other small businesses. Like, Mm -hmm. so for me, when I make a sale, like the guy who makes my canvases, John with giant canvas company, he makes a sale, you know, because he makes my canvases and then my local art supply store, they get a sale. Um, I use either USPS or a local shipper, they get a sale, you know? So like when you invest in one small business, you usually actually invest in an army of small businesses because Absolutely. outside of that, 
Like also whenever I get a sale, not only am I supporting local businesses in that way through the sale, but then I reinvest my dollars into other local businesses mm-hmm. like June shine, <laughs> like, yes. you know, and, or my local restaurant or like I buy gifts from people. Um, <laughs> go get her dude like, she's, she's, like, she's straight up just like, she's like excuse me we're, we're laughing at my dog going to drink water out of the toilet right now I'm sorry I'm a bad dog mom Lord. no you're not don't <laughs> say that because people are going to be like you're a bad dog mom <laughs> you're like we hate her she talked about mental health but she said she was a bad dog mom I no I love my dog I've had her for nine years she's my best friend I treat her very well she gets lots of biscuits and treats just not water. Just <laughs> right now at this moment. Just not water while we're while we're recording. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, but yeah, so with small businesses, I think that is a very true fact. Yeah. You know, we we partner a lot with a ton of local small businesses. Right. You know, and we whenever we do get like big gigs and stuff, whether we do shop for like a meal after yeah. or what have you. I remember one of the last gigs we had in March before this whole like thing happened. Yeah. We we were able to go to Azucar yeah. and have some lunch and yeah. Cuban sandwiches and it was amazing. You know, right. it felt really good to be able to you know support them in that way. And I think yeah. it's so important that no matter at what scale you can support, like any small business, whether they're they are makers or they're artists or they're chefs or they're photographers and videographers. There's so many. There's so many small businesses. And I think now more than ever, we need their support. We need everybody's support, you know, because we're seeing this huge shift in the economy and huge shift in just, you see these big businesses that they're not surviving. Right. 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 Soup plantation is completely closed for good. Yep. That's just one of many. Yeah. That we'll see. Um, I remember one of our chef friends shared the other day that pretty much 70% of these hospitality brands won't be able to open up after this. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, you know, to think that a lot of people are affected and not getting supported, like you said, from the government or what have you, it's crazy Mm -hmm. because you see billions of dollars, millions of dollars being poured into these bigger businesses that aren't even being used like cruise ships and uh-huh. well and that's the thing and that's like I, and I think that's like the important conversation to have about like how much power we actually do have like in our buying decisions like we vote with our dollars you know so like it's a good time to reevaluate like how where your money where your money is actually going like your normal spend spending habits like okay what is that actually going towards and like what am I actually supporting and could I shift whatever money I spend on this certain thing every month or this thing I always buy to a small business owner, like that shop on Amazon, like, you know, like that, or that thing you ordered on Amazon, like that person has a website that you can go directly to and buy that thing from them, you know, or if it's on Amazon, you can find a better alternative that does not give any more fucking money to Jeff Bezos. Like he doesn't need it. He doesn't need it. And it's just like, and of course we're all guilty. Like I ordered a strobe light from Amazon and I went on a big rant the other day about not ordering things on Amazon, but like, it should be that that's like the exception and you know, not the rule. Like it's not like you're just constantly filling your Amazon up cart, like Amazon card up. Like we all just need to be doing better about Mm -hmm. where we're spending our money and like really reevaluating. And, um, and I think it's important too, to look at businesses like business practices, you know, like what are they supporting? You know, like recently I decided that I wasn't getting my stickers from sticker mule anymore because their CEO is a Trump supporter. (laughs) And like, I just, I can't, I can't get behind that. 
and Uline also like they have a really terrible agenda, you know, like anti-trans and, you know, like just it's, it's really problematic. So like sticker mule and Uline, I won't use anymore. And Mm -hmm. it's like, I think this, like this time that we have is a good opportunity to like reevaluate. And it's like, okay, where do I actually want my dollars going towards? Like what community am I investing in? You know, like what this money means something to a lot of people and like not so much to a lot of other people. So like, let's, give the money to the people who fucking need it and let's like support our neighbors and let's support the people that are doing good in the world and let's support activists and let's support like causes that matter. Like let's do that, you know? And, and people of color and people of color, like, uh, I mean, and women yes. own businesses. Yes. I feel like, like you said, there's, you know, there's multiple vendors that do the same thing, right? but it's going to be, it's what's going to make the biggest difference is, right. If you really know them, if you do your research, if you right. are intentional, like there's just that personal connection that you have mm-hmm. with these brands and these smaller businesses and companies, right. just like your, your favorite coffee shop, right? Mm-hmm. Like why, why do you choose to go to that coffee shop over Starbucks? Because they offer a different experience. It's the same fucking product. Maybe they offer oat milk versus whatever, but right. like, you know, but <laughs> it's, but it's like, whose whose pocket is that money going into, exactly. you know? And like. And I think, okay, like for like privileged white people like myself, you know, like we can feel very like overwhelmed and exhausted. Like, oh, there's all this racism and all these things happening in the world. How do we make a difference? The way you fucking make a difference is you start investing in communities with people of color. Like that's what you do, you know, like you look at all of your spending and like, how can I flood money into these communities? Like that's what you do. And like you invest in like, you know, equity education and race education for yourself and you do better. And like, you know, you, you, you support these marginalized communities and like, um, yeah, I was having a conversation with uh, a friend of mine the other day who is a therapist and works with marginalized communities. The thing I was saying was (laughs) the conversation I was having with my friend the other day about um, she's a therapist and works mostly with communities with marginalized identity. And she was like, listen, as white women, you and me, like, you know, people from marginalized identities have had to work this hard, this long for even like a shred of access and visibility. Like, we as white people can work just as hard to be good allies and be good people and support them. And like, that's real, you know? And (laughs) we have a dog situation right now. (laughs) (laughs) Like trying to unpack white privilege. And she's like, no. (laughs) Hey, um, but yeah, it's also important. It's really important to be mindful and it's really important not to just like go through the motions and just kind of do what's simple and easy, but do what's right. You know, like that's just, mm. it's really important, you know, like, yeah, it is a little more work sometimes to like, you know, do other things that might take long to get ship or shipped to you or might take a little more effort or might be more expensive or whatever, you know, but like the end result and the ripple effect that you'll have by making a better purchase, purchasing decision, like that's real. So I love that, you know, and you're right. Like these, every single topic we talked about are just important conversations. We've covered a lot of ground. I know. And it's only been like an hour. I know. Um, But, you know, these are very important conversations to be had because I feel like only now are we touching on it in more in depth and more publicly. Right. Because obviously, like you said, maybe people go through go through these conversations and these emotions in private with other people or smaller groups. But I think just at a public scale and having the, the platform to do so, like, why not? Right. You know, I, 
it's it's beautiful to see that there's so much we can do and there's oh there's so much we could do to, to just be better people absolutely and it doesn't end with any of the things that we talked about right it only starts there right and the work is again very internal as well mm -hmm. and i think like this is just the chef's kiss you know like just <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, this is just so good. I yeah. really enjoy this conversation. Yeah. And I think that's just like the perfect note to end on yeah, is yeah, just yeah. that we, as people have so much to offer, yeah. not only to ourselves, but to our communities and to our fellow people, yeah. you know, we like just have to take care of each other. Mm -hmm. Like we have to start, you know, like clearing off the fog from our glasses and like seeing each other as human, like for fucking real, <laughs> like yeah. really looking at every single bullshit. person <laughs> you meet as like a brother or a sister, like really, really do that. Like really try and look back, what look, look past whatever bias you have, whatever prejudgment, whatever, like we all need each other and we all go through a lot of shit. And it's really important just to like genuinely connect, be kind to each other, be supportive, you know, like, and it's just, yeah, it's so important. I love you. Thank you so much. And before we end, you. I love you too. <laughs> before we end, I have two questions to ask you. Okay. Um, I mean, you answered this two years yeah. ago, but of course your answers this time around will be different. But what is a piece of advice that you would give to people in our community, especially right now, because May is Mental Health Awareness Month and because we are going through this insane thing called COVID-19, yep. <laughs> what is a piece of advice that you would give to people during this time? Yeah, I think, um, I don't know. I really liked the conversation that we had about um, just sticking close to joy and just being like um, honest about the things you're going through and being honest with your circles and your support systems um, and staying connected to people. Because again, like we're in this weird, weird phase of isolation and we all need to like get creative with how we check on each other and be intentional with how we check on each other. Um, so I think it's just really important to like be kind and patient with each other and take care of each other and, um, just do what makes you feel good because it's going to change every day. And this is a new, I mean, we're experiencing constant trauma right now. Like we are under constant trauma and old grief is coming up. And so like, again, no two days are going to look the same. Like every day is going to feel different. One day might be an extreme high and the next day might be an extreme low. And like, that's okay. And that's normal. And even if like you haven't done anything, you could feel exhausted. Like this whole thing is very exhausting and like, that's okay. But just being again, like gentle and patient with yourself and just trying to find like, okay, even if it seems silly, what's going to make me happy today? Is it like putting on my dinosaur onesie and twerking in my <laughs> living room? Maybe who cares? Like, that sounds fun, you know? Like, and I, I don't know. I mean, I think just sticking close to the things that light you up and spending again, your time and your energy on stuff that's going to fill you back up then rather than deplete you is like really important, but don't let anybody tell you how the fuck you should spend this time. <laughs> like, don't let anybody tell you, you need to be fucking productive or like not to waste this moment. Like no, no moment that you spend on yourself is fucking wasted regardless of how you fucking choose to spend it. <laughs> like, mm. so just that's bullshit. Don't want to let anyone like bro hustle marketing, you know, you into shit. <laughs> like that doesn't that feel bad. That. Like yeah. it's just, yeah. Like do what feels good for you. Don't let anybody like tell you differently and, um, just focus on your own internal compass because like that always guides you. And like the further you get away from that, the more you're just going to revolt against yourself. And like, we don't need anybody doing that right now. So mm -hmm. like, just, <laughs> just do you, you know, and, um, yeah, do the things that fill you up and make you feel good and be kind to each other, you know? One last question. <laughs> okay. Because 
conversations like this are so great. And though we're not having a coffee right now, we are having June shine. We are. Because the Rona. Because the Rona. And I would just love, in this moment in time, who would you want to have a coffee and combos with? Oh, Glennon Doyle. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> I knew you were going to say it. Oh my gosh. Glennon Doyle. Um, Glennon Doyle is somebody who has absolutely changed my life. Um, just the person that she is the communities that she leads, the author that she is, the stories that she tells. I mean, she, I had her in my headphones, like right after my breakdown, listening to her books and they really got me through a fucking dark time. Like the way that she talks about her eating disorder. Like I had never, I had never read anybody talk about all the things that I had felt and that I had gone through when I had my eating disorder. Like I had never, I don't know. I, I just never experienced anything like that. And just, you know, the work she does with Together Rising, like she's just such an inspirational, fantastic person who has used the things that she has been through and, um, she uses them to fuel her community and to make people feel less alone. And, um, I just love the way that she's been showing up, especially through the Rona, <laughs> like, you know, her family, like morning meetings and just the way that she's inspiring her community. And, um, I've been like waiting to read untamed. Like I've been like, kind of like, <laughs> I don't know. Cause I, I know I'm like just gonna like, it. I know I've been like saving it. Cause I know I'm just gonna like blast through it. Um, but I, I just picked it up today and I'm like, so excited to dive into it because yeah, she's just, she's so inspirational and she's someone who really walks the walk and talks the talk, you know, like she really does do so much incredible work in the world and, um, and talk about the things that matter, but also is silly and funny about it and makes people feel less alone and seen and heard and included. And, um, yeah. And she just speaks her truth unapologetically and she just gives no fucks. And so I just want to be her friend real bad. <laughs> Well, I could see that happening because you are that same type of person, Aww, and I thanks. look forward to when that happens. Yeah. For you. I'm gonna make it happen. We're gonna be we're gonna be buds. Glenn and Doyle, you don't know it yet, but you're gonna be my best friend. I love it. <laughs> and Sam, if you can let us know how we can connect with you, yeah. how we could find your paintings, how yeah. we can find your twerking videos, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> all that shit. All that shit. Um, yeah. So my website is uh, Samantha Louise L O U I S E Designs Plural com. And then my Instagram handle is the same thing. It's just at Samantha Louise designs. Um, if you want to be a part of my Facebook community that is for women, it's called Hey Sister Friend, but you, it's, it's something that I'm really guarded and protected about. So it's a private group that's not even searchable. Um, so you just kind of have to reach out to me, um, if you want to be included in it, um, because I'm just safeguarding the space and making sure that I'm kind of like curating who comes in there and just making sure that the environment feels nurturing and safe and supportive. Um, so yeah, and then my email, if you're interested in any custom work or um, purchasing one of my pieces, my email is hello at samanthalouisedesigns.com. And um, yeah, is that, I think that's all the, all the ways you can You right? also offer virtual painting oh, lessons. Oh, thank you. Yes, I also... <laughs> oh, thanks, girl. <laughs> um, I also offer virtual painting lessons. So if you want to learn to paint on your own or if you want to get a group together and do like a wine and paint night, if you want to do um, a painting experience with like your team um, at work or anything like that, I would love to lead that. Um, a lot of times the virtual painting that I do and the workshops that I do have... Um, a lot more than just creative instruction. I typically, um, teach some self-love and like mindfulness practices along with it. Um, and just kind of share my thought process on, um, being an artist and a creator and, um, just having like a positive dialogue with yourself as you're creating. So it's like half therapy, half art instruction. Like I'm definitely going to teach you how to paint, but like hopefully I'll teach you how to love yourself a little more in the process, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, which I think is really important. And that's what, that's what I found through abstract painting is just, you know, that self-love narrative and kind of that, um, that beautiful relationship with myself. So I love sharing that with people 
through teaching and um, yeah, it's super fun. And I will say Alyssa is the only one who like made sure that I could teach workshops after my breakdown because I started teaching workshops like two months later and Alyssa, like I could not have done it without her. I mean, she literally like picked me up because I didn't have a car at the time, <laughs> picked me up, loaded all my shit into the car <laughs> and was like, okay, we're doing this. Come on. We got to set this up. She took photos and videos and like literally just made sure everything went off without a hinge. So I just want to say thank you for holding my hand through some of the most difficult times in my life and making sure that my business still stayed afloat and that I still did the things and showed up. And I just love you and appreciate you so much and all the work you do for the community and for the world and all the good you spread. And, um, yeah, I just adore you. <laughs> I know you know that. But <laughs> well, the feeling is mutual and this is definitely a full circle moment to have you back into the studio after two months yeah. after your last in-person workshop that was here as well. And, yeah. you know, I am so grateful again to have you in my life yeah. and to have you as my best friend yeah. and to share your story with our audience. I know that there's just so much value packed into this and just so much heart and light. And I think that's just what we need in this world. So I really, really appreciate you. Yeah. And I thank you all for tuning in. Love you. <laughs> <laughs>